Deuteronomy chapter 5. Moses called to all Israel and said to them, Hear, Israel, the statutes and the ordinances which I speak in your ears today, that you may learn them and observe to do them. Yahweh our God made a covenant with us in Horeb. Yahweh didn't make this covenant with our fathers, but with us, even us, who are all of us here alive today. Yahweh spoke with you face to face on the mountain out in the middle of the fire. I stood between Yahweh and you at the time to show you Yahweh's word, for you were afraid because of the fire, and you didn't go up onto the mountain, saying, I am Yahweh your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make a carved image for yourself, any likeness of what is in heaven above, or what is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow yourself down to them, nor serve them. For I, Yahweh your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, and on the third and on the fourth generation of those who hate me, and showing loving kindness to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of Yahweh your God, for Yahweh will not hold him guiltless who misuses his name. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy, as Yahweh your God commanded you. You shall labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to Yahweh your God, in which you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your ox, nor your donkey, nor any of your livestock, nor your stranger who is within your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you were a servant in the land of Egypt, and Yahweh your God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore Yahweh your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Honour your father and your mother, as Yahweh your God commanded you, that your days may be long, and that it may go well with you in the land which Yahweh your God gives to you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbour, you shall not covet your neighbour's wife, neither shall you desire your neighbour's house, his field, or his male servant, or his female servant, his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbour's. Yahweh spoke these words to all your assembly on the mountain out of the middle of the fire of the cloud and out of thick darkness with a great voice. He added no more. He wrote them on two stone tablets and gave them to me. When you heard the voice out of the middle of the darkness, while the mountain was burning with fire, you came near to me, even all the heads of your tribes and your elders, and you said, Behold, Yahweh our God has shown us his glory and his greatness, and we have heard his voice out of the middle of the fire. We have seen today that God does not speak with man, and he lives. Now therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us. If we hear Yahweh our God's voice any more, then we shall die. For who is there of all flesh who has heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the middle of the fire as we have and has lived? Go near and hear all that Yahweh our God shall say, and tell us all that Yahweh our God tells you, and we will hear it and do it. Yahweh heard the voice of your words when you spoke to me, and Yahweh said to me, I have heard the voice of the words of this people, which they have spoken to you. They have well said all that they have spoken. 
Oh, that there was such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Go tell them, return to your tents. But as for you, stand here by me and I will tell you all the commandments and the statutes and the ordinances which you shall teach them, that they may do them in the land which I give them to possess. You shall observe to do therefore as Yahweh your God has commanded you. You shall not turn away to the right or to the left. You shall walk in all the way which Yahweh your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may be well with you and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. Well, we have here in Moses' own words, the Ten Commandments a second time. We had them earlier in Exodus chapter 20, but there that was the Lord's words and Moses recorded what the Lord said. But how we've, here we've got Moses recounting what's happened before, telling everyone the story of what happened, and he's giving the Ten Commandments in his own words. And we notice there's um, a couple of little differences. And they're not differences where things have been taken away, but he's added something to it. Now, in the last chapter, it, Moses said that you shall not add anything to the law of the Lord or take it away. But here, he's added something, right? No, he hasn't added. <laughs> what's, what's happening here is we're finding out something that was in it all along. And you see, in the 40 years in the desert, the Lord was speaking to Moses all the time. And um, there were lots of things that were said and were done, and we just don't have them all written down. But here, we have, we're finding out some extra things we didn't know before. So it's not a case of Moses adding in bits that are extra. No, it's just a case of us hearing the same events from a different perspective, and in doing so, we're hearing them from Moses' recollections, and we're hearing things that we didn't hear in the earlier version. And that's great. And the truth is, so many years passed in the desert, in the book of Numbers, 38 years passed in 36 chapters, and so much of what happened just isn't recorded. And so, it, no doubt, there'd be a lot of interesting things that could have been shared, but weren't. Now, here, um, there's uh, two things I want to mention. The first is that in the earlier Ten Commandments, it said that they were to honour their parents and that they would live long. But here, it says that they should honour their parents that it would live long and go well with them. And um, so there's like a little bit more. And it just goes to show that the, the commandment to honour one's parents is a highly important command. And it's something that we should continue to do today. And uh, the Lord, none of us choose our parents, but it's the Lord who chooses our parents. And we need to remember that. In the book of Acts chapter 17, uh, Paul is quoted, you know, Paul is, is giving a sermon and we've got a quote there from Paul and it says that, that God has determined the times and the places where each person should live. In other words, the Lord himself chose that you would be born where you were born and into the family where you were born. It's the Lord who chose your parents for you. Even though our parents are humans and they're weak and they make mistakes and each of us can, you know, we know things that our parents have done that we wish they'd done differently or better. Now, if you're a parent, you also recognize things about your own life that you wish you had done differently or better, or you wish you could do differently right now. All of that's true. So while we are very human on one hand, at the same time, the Lord has 
put parents in our life so that they would impart things to us. And our respect towards our parents is like our respect to the Lord because it's the Lord's choice. Now, some parents are terrible. We, we hear stories of parents who might struggle with alcohol or struggling with other addictions and, and they don't give children the best start in life. And even if all that your parents give to you is just your biology, it's something that you've got from them. You would not have had it if it weren't for them. And the, the command to honor one's parents isn't a command with a condition, and, um, but it's, it's a command. And so by honoring, you might think that there's not much to honor your parents for, and you may be right. But the command to honor comes from the Lord. And so we, we would say, Lord, thank you for giving me my parents. I respect them as the people who gave me life, and I will choose to, to speak well of them. I will choose to treat them well. I will choose to honor them and not degrade them. I will choose to add goodness to them and not add badness to them. So you, these are all the attitudes that you will take which are honor. Honor isn't just saying I honor you. Honor is the way you live and your attitude towards them. And uh, it's easier for some people, of course, because their parents are honorable. But sometimes we need to honor even when the people that need honoring are not honorable. And of course, that command comes with the promise not just to live long, but to do well. And I also think that these promises are not just limited to this life, but you know, our honor and our love for our parents goes beyond us into eternity and that the Lord's blessing is added to us there as well. And uh, at the end of this um, second set of the Ten Commandments, it says that you should not covet your neighbor's wife, your you know, neighbor's donkey, you know, other possessions of your neighbors. In other words, you shall not desire things that belong to someone else. You shall not want something that belongs to someone else. And of all the commandments, this is the one which is now um, less practical. Because if you murder someone, that's very practical. You, it's very like physical. You can see if they've been murdered or if they haven't been murdered. But now we've moved from, the, from what you do with your body or with your mouth. Like you tell a lie, you've, it's a, an action that you've taken, you've chosen to do it, you've taken action, you've told the lie. But if you covet something, no one might know that you're coveting that thing. It's an internal thing. I mean, it could be external. You could say that you're coveting it, but you could keep it to yourself. And so this is the first of all the commands which becomes a heart command. It's all got to do with what you desire, what you love, and there are some things that you might love and want to have that you shouldn't have. And when we get to the New Testament, the Lord takes this point and he turns it right up and he says that if you hate your brother, you've committed murder. If you lust after someone, you've committed adultery. So now the Lord takes the Ten Commandments to a whole new level and it's all about the attitudes of your heart now. So sure, in this society that we live in, you might only be punished for things you actually do. So for example, you might, um, you might drive your car at the correct speed limit always because you know <laughs> If you don't, there'll be a big fine waiting for you and there are speed cameras everywhere and you're likely to get caught. But you might actually be someone that actually wants to break the rule. You might want to speed. You might desire to, to hoon around, but you don't because of the consequences. So internally, you love what is wrong. You love doing what's wrong. And um, was my habit tends to be that I'd accidentally speed. I'd actually look down and realize, oh, I'm going too fast and I have to slow down. 
So I might unintentionally do the wrong thing by speeding occasionally, and that's most people's experience. But sometimes people, they want to do the wrong thing, but they don't because of the consequences of it. Well, according to scripture and according to the 10th of these commandments, this coveting desire, wanting something that's not, you shouldn't have, that's a sin. And I think that as Christians, this is the, the, one of the big ones that we need to focus on. Because if we get our heart's motives right, if we get our love for the Lord in place, and we get our hatred for other things in place, we hate sin and we love him, we never have to worry about what we end up doing because our loves are right. And ultimately, in the day we stand before the Lord, we, don't, we can't take anything with us. You know, you, could, you can give away a lot of money to the poor. You might do it for whatever reason, but it could be that your reason is just to get recognition. It could be that you give money away just so that you feel happier about yourself. There's lots of things you could do, but when you stand before the, the Lord, all these things that you've done and all the possessions you've inherited, none of it's there. All you've got is what you love. It's your motives. It's your sincerity. These are the, this, this is who you are in the day that you stand before the Lord. So in the second of these Ten Commandments, we see this coveting command, and it's there in the first one as well, but we see that the, the starting of turning towards what's physical, towards what's of the heart, which is what really counts. Later on in the book of Jeremiah, Jesus said that he was going to write the law of the Lord on their hearts. And that's what the new covenant is. It's where we get saved and the Lord puts this love of God on our hearts so that we want to do what's right. And that's a huge miracle. And if you haven't experienced that, then you need to be born again. And you need to find the grace that comes from that. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the Ten Commandments that appear twice in the Bible. And I thank you that we've just read them again. And I thank you they show us that there's a standard of what's right and what's wrong. And I, Father, they teach us that we need to have our heart in the right place. And I ask that you would help us to have our heart in the right place. Give us this grace. Help us to be righteous people in Jesus' name. Amen.